This is your host, Brendan, and you're listening to the Ordinary to Ultra podcast. Each episode, I bring in an ultra runner and ask them about their journey to their first ultra marathon or their first time running a new ultra distance. We'll dive into why they started running in the first place, why they decided to run an ultra, the obstacles they encountered, and what it took to get to the finish line and beyond. By all you know, data, you know, I crushed it uh, because it was a sub four hour marathon. So, you know, a whole oh. hour and 42 minutes knocked off my time. And, you know, a lot of the people even I run with would like anything sub four is like, you know, something they dream of. And to me, I hate to say, like, I'll be honest, like I was not happy finishing a marathon. Number one is something anybody should be proud of. Uh, finishing with a good time also, but I realized it was all in vain. Like who gives a crap if you do a four hour marathon, like no one in the world other than maybe your mom and yourself is going to care, you know, like <laughs> that that's not setting any Fair. records. No one is, you know, the world's not shaken, you know, nothing, you know, means anything like you just wasted four hours of your life running in circles, essentially. Um, so that kind of brought me to that you know, quote unquote, existential crisis of why am I doing this? Right. Like, mm. why did mm-hmm. I do this marathon in the first place? And realizing, okay, this pace, none of this stuff matters. Like, why am I running? Hey, everyone. Your host, Brendan here. That was Devin Wagner. What a guy. Devin is 36 years old. He's from Arlington, Texas, but now lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife and two kids. He is the director of an ESL or English as a second language school. And if he's not running, you'll probably find him reading a book, maybe Man's Search for Meaning, one of his favorites, or traveling. He's been to over 22 countries or spending time with his family. In today's episode, we will dive into Devin's why. We'll talk about why he originally started to run, and then we'll get into this existential crisis he had which was a really important moment in his journey. It uh, gave him an opportunity to reflect and really raise his purpose to the next level. Devin definitely inspired me to take my running purpose to the next level, and I bet he'll inspire you as well. All right, let's get into it. All right. Hey, Devin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here today. Hey, Brennan, thank you for having me. This is uh, actually a true joy and honor to uh, be able to talk to you. We've, you know, chatted back and forth, but now to be able to do this episode. So I'm excited. So excited to hear your full story. Uh, you've you've teased it to me over uh, this last <laughs> chat that we had. And then over the last few weeks, we've been connected. I'm really excited to get the full gist here. Um, I'm just curious, have you gone any on any fun uh, runs or adventures lately? Uh yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, and also a good thing to, uh, keep at the top of my mind. Right. I guess, because, um, I haven't actually, um, since the summer, um, well, I did do a recent actually run. I forgot about that one, but as far as like a running adventure, um, that was, yeah. that was the summer. So, uh, the sure. recent, the most recent though, I did do a half marathon yeah. kind of on a whim, because of the organization, um, and what they were doing. Um, it was a local organization here in Tennessee. Um, it was their first annual 
half marathon that they were uh, sponsoring. Um, all the all the funds go to. Um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the organization. I have the cup right here. Actually, oh yeah, uh, Rest Ministries. So it's an organization that helps women that are um, being sexually trafficked or rescuing them um, here in Tennessee. Unfortunately, it's a uh, a big problem because of all the interstate uh, logistics. Um, there's several different interstates that pass right through um, Nashville mm. area uh, that all connect and. Um, also straight down to, uh, Atlanta, which is a huge international airport. So, um, it's the good and bad, I guess, of, of Nashville is the fact that, you know, as being a hub, but unfortunately negative hub as well. So, uh, not to, you know, say anything bad, but Nashville, but, um, that's, that's an unfortunate thing. And so just being able to be part of that. And, uh, so that was the most recent, um, I was, uh, about a month or two ago. Awesome. I mean, what a cause to get behind. Uh, I, I love it. Um, uh, slight side tangent. I uh, spent some time in Peru um, a few years ago and uh, we worked with um, human traffic, uh, like people who had been through human trafficking. Mm. We helped uh, some of these women, uh, you know, in the recovery process. And we particularly were teaching them uh, business skills as part of business mm. school and it's such a rewarding thing but anyhow i just love that cause that you're running for uh no yeah really, that's that's really great awesome. thanks for permission that because uh it did something kind of similar in bolivia which i can talk about later but i was also going to ask you too if those were because I, I couldn't really tell from your profile picture if those were llamas that you took a picture oh, yeah. with so so i figured that's what it yeah. was um and, but now that makes sense now <laughs> yes i think they're all maybe no uh, maybe there was one llama maybe yeah. it was i they're they're different and they will tell yeah, you. Yeah, well I, I can ask my wife about that. There's alpaca, there's there's llama, and then there's um uh, oh man. Uh uh there's there's actually four different kinds. Uh yes. there's like the little almost rabbit size and then like a uh, dog size. Um and I forgot the name. I'm blanking on it right now. Uh but yeah. So yeah. for those that, that know that, that there's you know, there's more than just the llama out there, so more than the llama. That's right. No discriminating against the alpacas. They are there. Um, awesome. Now I'd like to to go back in time a little bit and ask you why you started running. Uh, whenever that was, what, mm. what got you into running? Okay. So story time. This started, uh, I was in college at Louisiana Tech University. And I was actually just about to finish, um, was my senior year. I think it was, um, my last quarter, which we were on the quarter system. If you guys don't know, it's, um, different than semester. It's kind of broken up into quarters. So anyways, mm -hmm. um, it was, I was near the end. I was taking a, a speech class. Uh, it was kind of one of those prereqs to graduate kind of thing. Um, and kind of like most people putting it off to the end, especially with speech, uh, but the professor I had was really cool. I really admired him. He was a great uh, communicator, uh, just a cool person, and was meeting in his office for, you know, something I don't even remember. But he had all these uh, race bibs and medals and Iron Man, all kinds of, you know, uh, memorabilia right on the back of his wall uh, of his office. Mm. I was just asking him about it. And um I don't remember how it got to it, but he's like, yeah, you could, you could run a half marathon. All you gotta do is just jog for two hours. Um, and so 
I just took it upon myself as my challenge for my 30th birthday to run a half marathon because there was a local one there on my 30th birthday. Um, and I just literally went into it with the mindset of what my professor told me was all you got to do is jog for two hours. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I'm fit enough. And of course it kicked my butt. Um, but that was kind of tying back to the uh, man's search for meaning because I was studying psychology and that was one of the books read um, by uh, Viktor Frankl. And he quotes another uh, philosopher, uh, Frederick Nietzsche, which says he who has a why to live can surpass almost any how. So with that being said, if you have a big enough why for what you're doing, you can surpass any how. So my why for completing that half marathon was simply I can and I will. And that was it. No questions asked. I just said that mantra, mantra to myself the whole time, just like I can and I will. And I didn't stop. I just jogged for two hours. <laughs> and that's that's all. That was my only goal. Um, I didn't have any good running shoes. I had like some beat up Walmart shoes. I didn't have, yeah. I had like just a long sleeve, just t-shirt on or something. I, I was not prepared at all, uh, but I made it, you know, it was like two hours and 15 minutes or whatever, which, you know, a respectable time for probably anybody. But uh, uh, at that time it was just like, okay, I did something big with my life and, you know, I, I survived. And then, you know, I wonder what a marathon would look like uh, yeah. because you only, that was oh, a half, yeah. right? So it's like, well, uh -huh. what's next? Right. Uh -huh. And I sat on that idea or that thought for probably, I want to say it was at least a year or two, um, definitely a year, maybe two. And then I finally just pulled the trigger because it was a local marathon and, um, I just, it was also around the, around my birthday. So I said, oh, what the heck? Um, so I thought I trained for it. Um, I, I did get some, some decent shoes. Um, if, uh, you guys ultra, um, if you're ultra, familiar with them, right. those, those, those are the ones I run in, um, the brand, they mm -hmm. are, they're a brand, um, they, for their wide toe box and the zero drop, meaning like basically flat, um, shoe, so not mm. for everyone, but something I like and what I, I love and run in. Not, okay. um, you know, sponsored so, by any ultra or anything. It's just something that I think uh, is out there in the, the, the you'll see it in more in the uh, trail running world okay. and the ultras. Anyways, ultra. I, I'm curious about the difference. Are these, so are the heel, the heel is like particularly low. And then it's like, let's say I run in Hoka's for mm -hmm. anyone who knows what a, mm -hmm. the Hoka brand is. And those things have like massive yeah. heel cushion so is that sort of the difference basically there? the opposite yeah pretty yeah, much the opposite okay. of that yeah yeah it's, it's pretty much <laughs> uh you know a zero drop meaning so it's not elevated it's it's flat yeah um, flat and, and it's heel. you know not okay. as cushioned definitely not compared to hookah a hoka hoka is the obviously the leader in cushy um yeah you know so but you got uh, strong but, feet is what you're telling yeah, me yeah they they do yeah well <laughs> i think so uh i used to actually run um in those sandals that like zero sandals oh, that's kind of how i got into like some chacos or something yeah or some the, those uh tevas? yeah basically that stuff that the uh the what's the tribe in mexico you know that uh that runs oh, on the you know shoot. yeah so anyways uh i didn't i didn't run in those that much but i i, I was used to zero drop shoes so uh, cool. it was just fine for me. I, I have big, big old feet. So that's why the wide toe box and all that stuff. So anyways, yeah, that's, it's not for everyone. I get it. Um, they, they now finally decided after so long, they make a four 
millimeter uh, drop sh- shoe now for ultra. Okay. So four millimeter, Slight. which is like the size of a pencil, you know, like of, of anything. Wow. So, uh, so sidetrack there for uh-huh. a minute, but uh, the sure. marathon. So I actually got some shoes. Yeah. Um, I actually thought I trained. I was following like the Nike app, um, missed okay. a bunch of workouts, of course, but I did, you know, fairly consistent. Um, you know, I thought I was pretty ready. Um, and I did okay the, for how many um, days a week do you think you were running for training? Maybe three days a week. Um, you know, I tried okay. to do four or so, but you know, to be honest, I probably did two or three, um, okay. because I just, you know, wasn't as committed, um, and just didn't know what I was getting myself into, to be honest. Um, sure. Any so idea I did okay of... till about mile mm, 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, I think it was around 16. And that's when I pretty much broke down um, and had to walk for like two miles uh, and then just pretty much slogged the rest of the way (laughs) just to finish it because, you know, I didn't care about my time. It was about finishing, like period. Mm -hmm. I was going to finish the marathon. I don't care, you know, what I'm going to finish this. So it ended up being like five hours and 42 minutes or something, something ridiculous that even someone walking could probably beat me at right about now. Um, So uh, all that to say, I guess, is my humble beginnings of I'm nowhere, you know, like these Boston qualifying people or anything. Uh, that's where I started. So um, that's where you then, started. I guess, and your why was was your why to show yourself that you could do something hard? Like yeah, that's yeah, what you mentioned the, in the half the marathon. marathon. Yeah, yeah, the marathon, it wasn't as, as profound either. It was just kind of like, yeah, I, I can do this like prove it to myself. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like check the box. I did a marathon kind of thing, essentially. I mean, as selfish sure. and self-serving as that might sound, but it was just, yeah, I kind of prove it to myself. I could do it. Um, well, sure. Sometimes um, you just need to show yourself that you can do hard things and trust yourself. You know, like I, th- I think all of us probably say we're going to do things and then we don't. And oh, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's so it can be self-defeating and we start to lose trust in ourselves and our, our ability to follow through. So just making yourself finish. I love the the grit that you showed during these races. You know, you're hooping out at, at 16 miles. You still got 10 left. Like there, there's a long way to go. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and it wasn't the first time. I can tell you of another marathon that was like that. But uh, <laughs> um, so so I did it more than once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that marathon. Um, and then of course I took a whole ton of like notes in my mind about that marathon of all the life's philosophies, how people, (laughs) excuse me, always say like, Oh, life is like a marathon. I was like, well, you know, I was telling all my friends for like the first two weeks and anybody that would listen, it's like, you know, that, that that analogy is bull crap or, or, or basically like, (laughs) well, if life is like a marathon, then life freaking sucks, you know, like, you know, like then life really sucks when you get 16 or something like that, you know, just like, um, I mean, I was destroyed. Uh, I made it, you know, and I was very proud of myself and I still lived the next day, but yeah, it was, you know, I was nowhere near prepared for it, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe so what I'm trying I, to I, say I, is you feel really accomplished <laughs> when you do it, but it, it is hard. I, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. So I don't want to sugarcoat where like, funny. yeah, anybody can do it. Like, I mean, you can, but yeah, you, you do have to, you know, some determination, some training, some smart, you know, some of it's, I, I think, especially with running is another thing that I've learned and anybody that, 
that starts running. I mean, even myself included, I've been running for a couple of years now. I still, mm. some days I don't want to do it. Some days it sucks. Um, some days, you know, it, so it's, it's not even so much the physical sometimes it's just the mental. And I think, especially with ultra or, uh, well, especially with ultra, I would say more than anything, I think it's, you know, way, in my opinion, heavier mentally than it is physically. Yes. It is yeah. physical because you're taking a lot of wear on your body, but at that point, it's your mind telling your body to stop, not necessarily your body. I, at least that's my, um, perception because the funny thing is, is that after the marathon, after you've run 26 miles and you just keep going, I mean, you're really not going to be any more tired than you were mile five, you know, it's just taking longer. Uh, I mean, um, so I, I don't know. I, and that's the Fair. funny thing is I ran the like 46 miles overnight that for that, that big event. And, you know, if anything, I was actually probably fresher from that than a marathon just because of, I guess you, your, your body just kind of, uh, just adjust after a while and realizes, Hey, he's not going to stop, I guess. So they're just, you know, <laughs> get used to this or whatever. I don't know. Dang. That's an interesting point. Okay. Okay. So what led you to running your, well, deciding first to run an mm-hmm. ultra marathon and, and ultimately running it? Like how'd the idea come to you? So, um, this was time back to, that first marathon, and then I ran another marathon last year, December. Yes, last year, December. Rocket City, for anybody that's familiar, that's in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, that was my second attempt at a marathon. And uh, by all, you know, data, you know, I crushed it uh, because it was a sub four hour marathon. So, you know, a whole oh. hour and 42 minutes knocked off my time. And you know, a lot of the people even I run with would like anything sub four is like, you know, something they dream of. And to me, I hate to say, like, I'll be honest, like I was not happy. Like I wasn't satisfied because it was like, I had bigger goals uh, than that. Number one. I mean, I know that's, that sounds, I don't want it to sound prideful and, and some kind of arrogant, but I had, I had actually trained for this one and I was, you know, at a faster pace and all these other stuff. But mm-hmm. the same thing happened basically mile, you know, 16 or so I kind of crashed and just everything was tight. You know, I finished it because luckily my first half split was so fast that, um, you know, that I just pretty much dragged the last, second half and still had a, you know, a good time. But, um, mm. yeah, it sucked for the last 10 miles still. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, still trying to figure out what that is and, and, you know, I know it's electrolytes, um, figuring out how to solve that, you know, (laughs) and when to take them, how much to take them. That's still something I'm playing with, but uh, I can tell you it's gotten, gotten better since then. But all Mm. that led me to that disappointment of, even though I completed something, you know, finishing a marathon, number one is something anybody should be proud of, uh, finishing with a good time also, but I realized it was all in vain. Like who gives a crap if you do a four hour marathon, like no one in the world other than maybe your mom and yourself is going to care, you know, like <laughs> that that's not setting any Fair. records. No one is, you know, the world's not shaken, you know, nothing, you know, means anything like you just wasted four hours of your life running in circles, essentially. Um, so that kind of brought me to that, you know, quote unquote existential crisis of why am I doing this? Right. Like, mm. 
why did mm-hmm. I do this marathon in the first place? And realizing, okay, this pace, none of this stuff matters. Like, why am I running? So I had sit there and kind of ask myself that question of like, okay, I've checked the boxes as far as, you know, I can do a marathon. Okay. I've, you know, made some record or whatever, right. For myself. But why? Like, so I, you know, sat there and, you know, played with that or, you know, stewed on that, uh, marinated on that, I guess. So, you know, I basically boiled it to a, a couple different things, but, you know, you know, I doing it for, is an example to my, my family, my kids of hopefully that my kids see this, that, that, you know, dad can do tough things. He's, he's in a, he takes care of himself, you know, something to, to admire in the sense of a father, but also running for those that can't, those that are maybe uh, disabled or, or just not able to, um, is to, to help, you know, some kind of inspiration there or running for, um, the causes is the big thing. Um, and that's, that's the bigger why in which got me into ultra is, mm. okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this for a bigger purpose than myself. Um, and so there's lots of people that do this, you know, raising, uh, fundraising when they're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just happened to find a organization. Um, so it first started with, um, we were going to Bolivia last year and the, where my wife was born. Um, and there's an organization there called a breeze of hope. Um, or in Spanish, una brisa de esperanza, um, that they um, use, you know, the resources to, like you you mentioned about uh, the, the children and women there that are um, facing sexual violence, that are survivors of sexual violence, uh, helping them with uh, essentially jobs um, in the sense of being able to create things for themselves, to be able to uh, create income because unfortunately mm-hmm. um, they're usually abused by their family members and therefore not able to live with their family members and they are not protected by anyone else so they're on their own and a woman in Latin America is very vulnerable um, especially you know if you're a younger person with no you know higher education and stuff so um, right. giving those those people the tools in a practical sense uh, but also supporting them with you know food and clothes and other essentials. So for my 35th birthday, I decided I'm going to run 35 miles uh, to raise money for that organization since we were heading down there to Bolivia anyways, um, and raised $4,000 that we were able to to wow. give them and um, see the organization, see what they do, meet people. Um, and so uh, that was very inspiring. And that's what kind of got me on the ultra kick of not the fact it's, it is another thing to I guess prove to myself that, you know, I can do hard things, um, and hopefully inspire others to take that step to do hard things as well. Um, but to, um, I, you know, it, it's kind of like helping people. So you see someone running, like, why the heck would you run 35 miles? Right. Well, let me tell you why. Um, and so that's, it gives me that reason to tell that story. Um, so I, I guess as far as that's, that's kind of, does that make sense? That's why. Yeah, Go that on. is a, that's an interesting take. You know, it's a, it seems like a much more meaningful, it's a, maybe a deeper reason to run. Uh, it's interesting because I know so many of us uh, out there are are running for different reasons and they're all great reasons too. But uh, that is, that is an amazing way to take it to a deeper a more meaningful level outside of yourself. I think, I mean, personally, yeah, it started out running, started out for me as a way to prove to myself that I could do hard things. And 
I think it's also a way to just get out and be in nature. And that's just mm. uh, rewarding. But uh, what a way to take it to the next level. And 4,000 US dollars, I imagine in Bolivia, that's yeah. got to be making you know a pretty big impact. Uh, I yeah, don't know that's... how many people you were um, helping down there, but man, that, that probably spread pretty wide and far and, and made some impact. That's yeah, I think it was like $33 could basically help one person. So, uh, oh my yeah, goodness, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big impact. I mean, of course, that's you know per month or whatever, but still, yeah. So, Bolivia, that's it's a huge impact. Um, so, um, very, very grateful to all those that donated and supported me in that and organizations and things. Um, they got behind me, so for sure. And it was a big birthday present, um, also right. to realize, you know, it's not for me, it's for something else. And, and I guess another little point too of that bigger why is that when you get out there at, you know, 29 miles or whatever, and you're hurting and I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. anymore. This sucks. I'm tired. I'm hungry, Uh blah, 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 whatever you think about. Okay. You know, what about that girl that's, you know, going through, you know, abuse or whatever you think, you know, you think you're suffering, like you can, you can quit this, like this, this race will be done in, you know, an hour or two and you'll go about your life versus, you know, that, that, young girl or whoever that you know whatever cause you're doing like you know they're suffering for a lot longer than just a couple hours around the, the track or whatever you know so yeah um, they i don't can't know just i quit. guess just put that in put that in perspective it, it just really makes you kind of suck it up and you know what like this is you know bigger than me so yeah oh my goodness as a great uh great motivator uh as a great motivator love the way you described that um and i think if you can put more levels to it the better so if you have multiple whys there's nothing wrong with having more than one i think yeah yeah. you know so i mean sometimes i need to switch gears because that one thought isn't doing it for me you know like you know like you know the i don't know so uh but yeah so this uh it was 35 miles correct Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was the 35 miles uh when I first started a quote unquote ultra. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, was this organized? Was it a race? Was it, uh, like what was, was no, the so, run? Yeah. And, not at uh, all. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was my birthday. I told a bunch of friends in my running group and stuff. There happened to be a 5k that day. So I doubled it in the sense of like, okay. I did a 5k for this other organization that helps, okay. um, with, with children that are going through cancer. And, um, so it was like, well, I can, I can be part of that. And that gives me excuse for another three miles, um, and still do something extra good for my, you know, birthday. So it's like, and then there'll be other people out there. So I won't be by myself the whole time. Uh, but yeah, I, I started with like my run group and ran like 10 miles with them and then did the 5k. And then I had one other, well, I had two other buddies that stuck around and ran the rest of it with me, uh, that they kind of took shifts or whatever, you know? Uh, but yeah, I just literally just ran around, uh, where this, you know, city where we live, uh, just till I got to 35. (laughs) So. Wow. Yeah. Like not even on the trails. Like a lot of people probably think of ultra running in mountains or out on country trails, but just around your city. Yep. Yep. And just based it off my watch, you know, so in Nashville, correct. Yep. Yep. Outside of Nashville. Yep. Wow. And what did, uh, so this time, what, what did training look like? Uh, you, you said you trained more for your last 
your last mm, marathon mm-hmm. um yeah you know you didn't decide to just wing it and uh, that probably made it a little more fun and bearable but uh i'm curious what it, what training looked like for this uh 35 miles like how what'd you do to prepare yeah so so that was um yeah last year so basically it started you know the beginning of the year of essentially getting ready for the marathon itself. So it was a, a buildup towards that. And I guess just, just the training plan um, mm-hmm. and just following it strictly, but also the, I will say all credit due uh, to me, to my running group, uh, redeemed runners that, that I run with um, because they would show up, you know, they run Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, it, there's never like, there's always at least someone there like that. It's, it's incredible how they'll get up. They'll be there at 5.00 AM, you know, on a day like this morning, even though it was like 27 degrees, Ooh. you know, they're there, um, and ready to run. And like, I thought I was crazy and I was like, and so <laughs> they kept me accountable because, you know, it wasn't even so much of them like hounding me because no one ever really hound you. It's just you know you're not going to be alone. You know someone's going to be there, and and it's a good time because you get to hang out with some cool people. Um, and you know you don't really notice the miles because you're just kind of honestly just kind of socializing for an hour. Um, and you know you're running, you know, but they also help me just get those miles in, just time on your feet, which is a big thing that a lot of people say. You mm-hmm. know, running marathons or or anything is just time on your feet. In other words, literally just just getting you know, time on your feet of even, it doesn't matter the pace or any of that stuff. It's literally just, that's your endurance to be able to, to finish it is just being able to not quit is time on your feet. Now getting faster, that's, that's other stuff, but just being able to do it is mm-hmm. just, just time on your feet training. So that got me to the, I guess the physical state to be able to do it, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and time so what feet. training looks like is basically four to five miles, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then it was like longer runs were Saturdays, which were, you know, anywhere from five to, you know, 15 and, you know, at peak pretty much is like 20 miles essentially mm-hmm. uh, on the, on that Saturday. And then Sunday would usually be a, just a really easy, you know, four, three or four mile, just a, almost a jog kind of thing. And I didn't always do Sunday. It was usually Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays. And that was pretty much all I was doing. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Sounds like depending on where you're at in your training block, anywhere from like 15 to 30 mile weeks. Uh, yeah. As you're, and, yeah. And, and, I, and the secret sauce is consistency. I, I think more than anything, if you can make a plan, whatever the plan is and stick to it, that's, mm. that's going to, that's going to, you're going to win. If you, it doesn't matter what plan you make, whether you, you know, just to finish a marathon or to run a, you know, two hour marathon, like, unless you stick to the plan, like if you don't do, you know, all of it, then it's, it's pretty much worthless. Cause it won't matter if you, you know, run a four minute mile one day and then never run again for two months, you know? So yeah, get out there. I love that consistency. I think we're, we'll hear that a lot in this, uh, in this podcast, in this, in this show, it's just getting out there. Um, Same with podcasting consistency. (laughs) Yes. This will be one of the first episodes and uh, we'll just keep it going, you know? Um, Yeah. For me running, uh, I got out. I started running to just get out of the house. It was during 
COVID ish times. Mm -hmm. I just need to get out. Um, and you know, started out as like one mile, uh, runs and after a year now, it's only been a year that progressed to where I can run a, a, a normal run for me is a six mile run. Uh, and I, like, it's an, it's the perfect amount of time. It's an hour during my lunch or in the morning. Um, and it's, it's crazy to think that that's easy to me now. Like just go out and run six miles. You tell somebody who doesn't run that and you're like, they're like, are you crazy? Like, How many times do you do that a week? Uh, oh, well my long runs, you know, 10, 15 miles. It's like, what? Like it's, uh, it's crazy how much you can progress when you're just consistent. I was consistent running three days a week pretty much for this last year. And the, the miles just went up really slow, really incrementally. And man, it's, it's crazy looking back and seeing how far I've come. So anyway, no, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That's uh, if you guys weren't listening, that's, that's all the secret is uh, you ask, what's the secret? That's, that's it. Uh, because I can tell you the vice versa or the, the opposite side of that. I finished that uh, ultra over the summer ran 46 miles in the, in the matter of 10 hours overnight. And then I basically didn't run for like two months because I was like done. <laughs> and then wow. I finally decided <laughs> to get back out there and just run anything. And it was like, I had never ran in my life. Like I was really? so out of shape over just two months or whatever, uh -huh. or a month or two or however long it was for just quitting. You think you would keep a certain base level after running that much, but nope, it was almost like I started all over again. So <laughs> Wow. Okay. You've, you've right scared me. I will not stop. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I hate to say it, you know, it's, you know, consistency, you know, I mean, you can let it go obviously for yeah, not go you know, a day or week or something. No, no harm. You know, it's um, sure. like, you know, pushing a ball uphill or something or whatever. Like, you know, if you let it go, it's, you know, it, it's still up the hill, but um, yeah, it's like the know, momentum. If you, if you let it go too long, it's all the way back at the bottom of the hill, and you got to start all the way over. So, um, yeah, you know, object at motion stays at motion. Object rest stays at yes. rest. So, uh, you know, well said. <laughs> I and mean, this... I, I wouldn't believe it until it happened to me, and I'm just letting you guys know. You know, I, I appreciate. You might not that. believe it either, but yeah, I couldn't believe it either. After two months, I was like, you know, I was like, man, what happened? So, I appreciate the warning. Uh, I had to take a week off, ish, of running for a. Uh, a cruise, uh, mm -hmm. which is also a weird thing as a new runner. You're like, what, before I was a runner, I looked at people running on cruise ships and going mm -hmm. to the gym on the cruise ships. And was like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, take yeah, it easy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, go to the buffet. Same. What are you doing at the gym? Um, <laughs> but, uh, it was hard for me to like not be running on the, sh I did run a few times around the track on the ship. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but it was sort of a week off and came back and you, I could feel it. It wasn't bad, too bad, just a week, but interesting how you can degrade after just not doing something for a little bit, but uh, uh, cool. So you mentioned also this 40-something uh, miler, and uh, I'm curious what the story was behind that. Uh, that might be... Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I, thank you for allowing me to... to so this was other something pretty special um this is it's called 30 for freedom it's an organization in um minnesota i think is like the headquarters but it's it's a nationwide uh, and, and global impact of same kind of thing but sexual trafficking so anti-sex okay. trafficking um they they 
work a lot in the U.S., but also in uh, Asia, parts of Asia as well, because fortunately that's a, that's a big problem there. But U.S. actually is the, the biggest problem, um, unfortunately. Uh, we're the number one in, in the world, unfortunately, and, and it's something that I think Americans don't want to admit or are blind to or turn a blind eye to. So um, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie um, Sound of Freedom, Yes, um, that's it. Hopefully that'll, that'll shed some light on you. Um, I'm not, you know, not trying to, I guess, you know, shame anyone here, but, you know, uh, you know, you just, it just opens your eyes and just make you more aware of, of what's going on, I guess. And so um, anyways, that 30 Freedom organization, you know, running 30 miles, because uh, that's how it started, was a guy for his 30th birth, 30th birthday, ran 30 miles uh, to raise $30,000 with 30 of his friends. And that's how it was born. So I only learned about this from one of the guys in my running group uh, that had done it a couple of years. And, you know, after doing my um, 35, you know, for the Bolivia, I was like, okay, I want to do that for uh, the next opportunity. Um, so there was a time over the summer, it's called run under the stars. It was in uh, Kentucky. I forget the name of the town, but basically we ran on a horse track for 10 hours um so it's just get as many miles in as you can in the 10 hours my goal was 60 which obviously came nowhere close but um and that was just just a huge goal just to i don't know at the time i had no clue what it was i just put a crazy goal out there and just you know see how close i get to it right so i did the 46 and just because i told everyone i was going to do 60 i ended up doing the other 13 the next day but uh so just to keep my word, even though, uh, yeah, that, that, that was, uh, that last, that running a half marathon the next day was, was miserable. But, um, so anyways, yeah. that was another thing was raising funds for that organization, 30 for freedom, uh, the anti-sex trafficking. And that's why I did that. And, um, yeah, so the 46 was just a, just the amount of miles I got in during that night. But, uh, yeah, that it, the miles didn't really matter. It was the, like I said, it was the, the cause, the cause. Yeah. Um, um, and it was a, another challenge to have to run that many hours overnight, which was a whole nother beast, um, because, um, anyone that's a parent listening, uh, I've got, you know, two young kids, obviously. So I'm usually in bed by like nine at latest, uh, maybe 10. So, uh, the event didn't even start till eight. And then, so about, you know, one or two in the morning, I'm just wow. like, I'm in another world. Like, I don't even, you know, <laughs> I wish I would have opened, I had an energy drink can or whatever, like the Celsius. I wish yeah. I would have opened it like two hours earlier because I was Gosh. a zombie uh, out there and just like exhausted. And then I finally cracked it open after, because I was like holding onto it like a hand grenade or something like, <laughs> of emergency. And I finally opened it at like 4 a.m. Mm. or whatever, because the event ended at 6 a.m. And, okay. you know, I was like back to life. Um, and I was like, Man, I wish I would have <laughs> drank this like two hours ago or something. But uh, anyways. <laughs> Lesson so, learned. But I was out there with a whole bunch of other crazy people, so uh, it helped. Um, so, Wow. I appreciate you coming on so much, uh, Devin, and sharing these stories uh, about your causes. I, I think this may be something that's commonly overlooked, but, uh, you know, when I get on for race registrations and I see the the charity bib, I, I go, man, I you know, that'd be cool. I don't know if, if I could like raise money though. Like, I don't know if anyone would 
like would enough people mm. care and like actually donate maybe they would maybe i don't know i've got all this doubt around it but mm. uh it seems like a cool thing to do so this has been inspirational i i hope that maybe so I've, i'm signed up for a 50k this next year but nice. maybe my 50 miler could be a charity bib 50 miler yeah, like if you decide yeah. Uh, to, let me let me speak into your fear and anyone else listening. So I had the same fear. Um, I only put my goal at like three hundred bucks for my thirty-five, um, or maybe it was four hundred. Either way, yeah, I, I, it was super low because I was like, uh-huh. "There's no way anybody's like gonna donate more than like twenty bucks to this thing, right?" Um, and of course, four thousand just blew my mind. Um, but yeah. um, and even other people told me like, if you if you aim small, you know. You know, you make a small target, people are only going to give 10 bucks if you say, I'm going to raise $100. But if you give them a big goal, they're going to compensate with, you know. Um, so all that to say is like, if it's something you're truly passionate about and you can communicate that passion, people are going to feel that passion and they'll be behind that. Now, if you're just doing it out of like obligation, don't do it. If you're doing it because you truly believe in it, then that's that's where you should be. If you're doing it just because like, well, I just thought I'd, you know, raise some money. I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that, but make sure it's something you're you're truly passionate about. And um also, yeah, that fear, like don't don't limit people uh of what they want to help. People truly want to help. Um and if you give them a, a reason to help or why to help or a way to help, then uh, they'll want to do it. Um so uh yeah. Good advice. Picking something too that you really care about. I, I bet that comes through wherever you're promoting this. Uh, I, I would like you to speak to that too, but uh, yeah, wherever you're promoting this, I'm sure in your words and your tone, it, it can come through if you you know really care about this cause or not. And uh, I'm sure there's a cause out there that everybody would. You know, there's a cause for everybody. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. So we could all find something. Um, but I'm curious, what, how did you? Uh, spread the word about your uh, your fundraising. Yeah, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what's the best way. I mean, I mostly just did it on social media, um, and cool. you know, texting some friends and stuff. But uh-huh. uh, and then of course talking with people like you and just wherever conversations came up, you know, and just because it was an easy way of saying, you know, uh, you know what you got going on next weekend. Like, well, I'm doing this thing, you know, like uh, yeah. you know, there you so, go what 35 miles why you know you know and then so uh, you know um so you don't have to salesmanship it either because i've even felt kind of thing about that slimy or whatever but it's not but that's why i said if you truly believe in it and you're conveying that message um people Mm -hmm. can see the authenticity and the passion and uh, and not be afraid to promote it as well too because even though i had some really good friends like and i was promoting on social media like even later like one guy asked me like hey what's this thing you're doing are you kidding me like i've been going nonstop about it for like two weeks and you're you didn't get that like you know because so sometimes just noise you know people just miss out on the on the message so you know don't be afraid to to ask and tell people what's going on i guess you know uh, same thing with your podcast if you don't share it you know no one's going to listen to it right i mean so reach that is what i need to hear uh, we're going to be sharing this everywhere. So uh, super excited to spread this word. Uh, and and especially now that having this, having had this uh, episode, you know, this is going to be an impactful episode, I think, for a lot of uh, runners and racers out there. Uh, Devin, wrapping up here, 
what uh, advice would you give someone who's looking to run their first ultra marathon? If you were to, you know, give them one tip, mm. uh, what would maybe that tip be? Mm. Tough question. So tough question, deep question, leaving me right at the very end. Um, so I think for everyone, it's different. So I don't think there's a one size fits all, but I think maybe the one thing I can sum up from this whole conversation is probably find your why. Mm. Um, so whatever that is, um, everybody's why is different. So your why doesn't have to be my why. Your why doesn't have to be uh, anti-sex trafficking. Your why could be, um, you know, to um, do it in memory of someone or just to prove to, uh, hey, you could even use hate as your, uh, just because people tell you you can't do it and use that to fuel your fire. Uh, I don't know. You know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a whole righteous cause necessarily. Uh, it could be just a, Hey, I want to lose a hundred pounds or something. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, I guess you don't have to have this super profound why it just has to be a why you believe in and, um, that you, yeah, that you, you resonate with, I guess. So find your why. Thanks, Devin. Thank you. I can confirm that my why has, has definitely, you know, it started one way and it's evolved and mm. that's how it'll be for everyone. You know, for me, it was, I'm going to get outside uh, so I can get outside and lose some weight maybe. And and now it's totally different. Now I'm trying to push myself, see how far I can go. And hopefully I'll find a, a righteous cause because I, th I think that's just next level. Um, but uh, I appreciate your words. Thank you. Let's, let's all find our why. And uh, thank you, Devin, for, for coming on today. Uh, learned some amazing stuff from you today. Love your stories and, and your passion. Appreciate you. No, thank you, Brendan. Uh, and I will say one more thing, the ultra, uh, community, the people that run those ultra marathons are some of the coolest people, the most humble. So that's another reason to get out and meet some of these people. They'll be glad to help you along. I think if anything beyond the marathon, that's when people stop caring about the paces and the the time limits and all that stuff and they're just out there enjoying themselves so that's one other thing i would say once you get past those uh you know yeah just just some great people in the ultra running community so well said well said well thanks again Devin. appreciate you coming on today and uh hopefully we'll have you on a, another time a future date all right, i'd love appreciate to yeah you. just let me know when all right man we'll talk to you later bye brendan Hey, Brendan here. I just wanted to thank you for listening to today's episode. As someone new to ultra running myself, I found these conversations to be super valuable, and I hope they are for you as well. And if you want to know when the next podcast episode comes out, make sure you subscribe to the show. Also, some exciting news. The Ordinary to Ultra Facebook group is live. This is a great place to meet other aspiring new and experienced ultra runners and have any questions you have answered, get some advice, maybe find a running buddy that's local or maybe virtual. And it's just a great place to make connections with other psychos that like to run way too much. <laughs> the link is in the description of this episode. If you want to go join that Facebook group and make some awesome connections. And that is all. Thanks again for joining me today and we'll catch you in the next episode.